Hello and welcome to another episode of Something Healthy. I'm very sorry about the audio quality of this episode. I am back to my closet. Back in the closet, back recording on my phone because sometimes you have to take fucking 10 steps back after you take one step forward apparently in this life. Um, Or maybe it's more like one step back after taking two steps forward. I don't know. But remember last episode, which was about a week and a half ago, which I feel terrible about, but it is what it is at this point. Last episode, I was bitching about how I had spilled something on my computer and it was still working, but it wasn't charging. So I was like, I'm going to go have to get it fixed or whatever. Anyway, turns out that that was only the beginning of the disaster. Things proceeded to get much worse. Um, I thought it was going to be a simple fix. My computer was new. It's still under warranty. I was like, you know what? How bad could this fucking be? And frankly, tech problems, in my opinion, are not the most interesting things to talk about. So I'll keep it short, but pretty much went to Apple. They told me it was going to cost $1,400 after they already sent my computer away. So it took me like a week of not even knowing, like just being in limbo, waiting for them to tell me if they could do it. And it was $1,400 plus tax. So I was like, no, I'm not doing that, obviously. And then I took it to a private place, like a non-Apple store to get it fixed and the guy said he had to run diagnostics on it and whatever even though I was like bro I know what's wrong it's like water damage it's here can like it either needs a new motherboard or it needs just new USB chargers whatever anyway he's like I gotta do the diagnostics I have to clean it whatever I'm like okay I'm not gonna tell you how to do your job I understand have at it here you go so I dropped it off another week goes by the guy says oh I'm waiting to get a charger and I don't have a charger it just headache 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 anyway call him eventually I'm like what's going on like I need I I really need my computer please like tell me what's what's going on he's like if you're gonna be like pretty much he was like if you're gonna be a bitch and like be impatient that I'm not gonna do this for you so he was like come pick up your computer I'm not working on it so I was like okay that's great um thankfully he did open it up and clean the spill out I guess I don't know if he I think I don't think he made it worse. So anyway, then I went to another place and I was like, okay, I guess I have to be really nice to these people because apparently people who work at and run computer repair stores are really sensitive. Um, And I didn't even think I was that abrasive to the the other guy. But anyway, I was like going to this other shop that I Googled. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be super nice in and out. Let's just like see if they can do it. Try and get a quote on the spot in and out. Let's go. Boom get in there. They're like, we can do it. It's going to cost about $500, $450, which is a lot. But I was like, I'll just eat it, whatever. At this point, it's better than what Apple quoted me. It's the same pretty much price as the other guy. Fuck it. Let's just go. Like, please. And here's where things took a turn for the worse. I'm getting out of the parking lot. And this was earlier this week, by the way, but like, you know, when you're kind of holding on by like a very thin couple of strands or straws or whatever, like you're really just kind of coasting on like the hem of being okay. You're not really fully okay. And you are, you know that you're like, if one bad thing happens, depending on what that bad thing is, it might push you over the edge. That's kind of where I was at this point, as I'm going to drop off my computer at this other guy's computer shop. Already, I'm thinking like, listen, 
I don't want to be spending $500 on this. I'm about to have a baby. There's so many things that I need to buy. There's so many things I need to do. I literally have no support. Like, there's no baby daddy. I don't have any family. I can't really work right now. All my work really is on my computer that I could do. Like, side note, I had started this little, like, Etsy digital template business is fucking embarrassing, but like it brings in some money because people buy the templates and whatever. They're pretty easy to make online. Also like little trades and stuff that I I know I'm depressed when I start getting back into the stock market. This is a side note, but I started like just dipping a little bit back into trading. I got, I feel like I always think I lost money, but when I think about the one play I made that made money, I'm like, I guess I kind of made money. But anyway, I just feel like I get really upset when I lose money. So I just still feel burned from my decisions in the the 2021 stock market, which is like I literally bought shit at it's like pretty much very peak because all through 2022, it's just been everything's just been tanking. But anyway, I started doing a little bit of that again. I'm like just, you know, every day like scheming like, okay, I'm reaching out to sponsors for this podcast, which like was seemed like it was going to be a success and then it's you know we're back with the only sponsor that I have but it's fine um but I'm like grinding you know I'm I'm waking up I'm on my computer every day I'm writing like let's go so my computer is like the one thing that I need to like attempt to make money and it goes away so sorry to get sidetracked but I'm already on the cusp of like I'm not okay but I'm holding it together you know what I mean plus like pregnancy hormones are a very real thing I try not, I I don't like to like admit that kind of weakness and be like, oh, I'm just like hormonal. Like that's so, I just don't want to, I don't want to play that card and I don't want to be that person. It's just like not cute to me, but it is a real thing. And so I'm like stressed out and whatever. I get out of the computer shop, get into my car, my parked car, like my car is parked, right? I'm backing out, getting like ready to turn onto the road And as I'm backing out, this guy comes out of the computer shop. He's like followed me out pretty much. I didn't even really notice he was there for real, but he's pretty much followed me out and he's watching me back out. And then he starts hitting my car. And I was like, why is someone hitting my car? Like, what is going on? Like, I was kind of scared. And I get out of the car because he starts yelling and he's like, you hit my car. You hit my car. And I got out. I'm like, first of all when you hit someone's car, like you feel a slight bump. You, I mean, if it's even if it's a slight like hit, you feel something in your car. And plus I'm like going like one mile per hour. Like I'm going so slowly. I don't feel anything. I'm, and my car was like in a straight line. I'm like, there's no way I hit this man's car. Like there's no way. So I get out. I'm like, my first instinct of course is like, I'm sorry. No, I didn't. Because like, in my mind, I'm like, I didn't hit this guy's car. Like, what is going on? And immediately he says, well, if you're going to start lying, I'm calling the police. And I was like, it's like 11 in the morning on a Tuesday. This is like the last thing from my head. Mind you, I am such a careful driver. Like, I, I'm so fucking careful. And I'm like, how did this man go from like zero to a hundred where I'm leaving a computer shop and now someone's calling the police on me because he says I hit his car, which I literally didn't. Plus like his car was like a fucked up like truck that was like fucked up everywhere. Like my car is clean. It's like a 
relatively new Audi. If I had hit something, you would have seen it on my car. You would have seen at least a paint transfer. You would have seen something. But his car is like fucked up already. And he's like, look at the bumper. You hit it. I'm like, oh my God. And then he starts calling the police. I'm like, listen, I'll give you my insurance. Like, can we please figure this out? I don't want to deal with this right now. I'm so in shock. Anyway, so I guess he stops calling the police because even if he did, I don't know what they would have done. Like if they even had come, I don't know what they would have done because there was no proof I hit his car. And I think he was just, to be honest, trying to like get money out of me. I feel like that's a scam that happens in parking lots sometimes where somebody says you hit their car when you didn't. And I don't know, but I was just so scared and so shocked that he started, like, I gave him my insurance information and he was like, why don't you want me to call the police? Like, are you scared? Like, what are you scared of? I need to see your ID. I need to see this, whatever. So I only gave him my insurance information because I'm like, this man, my ID has my address on it. Like, I don't want this man to see, like, it's, I don't even think that you need to give, like, no. So anyway, I gave him my insurance. I'm like, look, like, let's exchange information. Mind you, he's filming me the whole time. He's recording me this whole time since I got out of my car. I'm just clocking it now. Like as I'm speaking to him, he's been recording me. So as even as I'm thinking about it, like my brain is just spinning because it's, I know some people might roll their eyes and be like, man up. It wasn't that big of a deal, but it was honestly fucking traumatic. And anyway, somehow I, I think Cause he was like, he was like, well, just give me a thousand dollars now. And like, we're cool. And I, I looked at this fucking car, this old ass truck. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like I'm going to, this man wants me to give him a thousand dollars. Honestly, I didn't even have a thousand dollars in my checking account that day. Like I had like $600, like straight up, no bullshit. Like that's embarrassing. I have other bank accounts, whatever, but I like the, the account that's linked to my cash app and my Zelle and shit. I literally had $600 in my bank account. And this man is saying, give me a thousand dollars or I'm calling the police and you're going to jail. I'm like it at 11 AM on a Tuesday. Like I was not prepared. I was not prepared. Plus the computer repair store had just told me I was going to have to pay 500. So I'm down $1,100 from a morning outing, just trying to get my fucking computer fixed with this man threatening me. Anyway, somehow I sent the guy $500. I don't know. I mean, I know why. I was scared and I just acted out of shock, to be honest. I just wanted him to let me leave because he was like blocking me from leaving. And I I didn't want to leave without him being okay with everything because I didn't want him to say it was like a hit and run or something like that. Because if you get charged with a hit and run, that's way fucking worse So anyway, I just wanted to make sure he was good, whatever. I fucking regret it so much because, like, I literally drove home with $100 in my bank account. I'm like, how did this happen? Like, from a small coffee spill to two weeks of shopping my computer around to now being threatened by a dude on the street to sending some guy $500, like a fucking, the fucking idiot that I am, but... It's just what it is sometimes. Anyway, I just got home and I just felt like it. that was like the last straw, you know? Like I, I had been keeping it together. I had been motivating myself. I had been working out, eating healthy, doing my little plays every morning, my little hustles, whatever. And that shit, like after you are so careful about everything in your life, like I've been so careful recently with money, with 
what I do. Like, I don't even fucking go out like that. I mean, I'm pregnant, but also ever since my friend Fruity disappeared, I've just been so extra, extra, extra vigilant and cautious of like when I'm out of my house, like just everything. I feel like I cannot afford for shit to go wrong right now. And for something like that to happen, I just got home and just like broke down. Like I just, I was like, I can't, I I can't do this. Like I, this is, I can't. Why is this happening to me? I just felt so, so helpless. And I know that it's $500. Like it's not that big of a deal. And in the, in it's literally not that big of a deal. It's fine. And I like, when I zoom out, my rational brain knows that. And I would like, literally just throw I like never threw that away I've always been careful with money but like last year when I was making money I spent that on the stupidest shit like I I, still I'll spend that on the stupidest shit when sometimes I'll do some stupid stock market play where I'll buy like puts or something that I think are gonna print money and then you they expire and they're worthless and you lose money and that shit happens all the time not all the time for me but it happens like you lose money sometimes that's what being a fucking adult is But for some reason, usually I'm pretty good with like just mentally pushing through stuff like that and just eating it. For some reason on Tuesday, I was like, bro, like I'm good. I am tapped out. I'm not doing this anymore. Like it it was, yeah. Anyway, so I just wanted to kind of talk about that while it was still like fresh in my mind before it seems like a distant, irrelevant thing. And also, I also just wanted to record something, to be honest. And I came to the realization, I started to accept the fact that I am not going to have a computer for at least the next week, even though it's already been two weeks, because that is life sometimes. And yeah, so I was like, you know what, I really wanted to record an episode about pregnancy, because people keep asking me about, I know it's really niche, and there's gonna be a lot of people who are like, fuck that, (laughs) I'm out. But um, there are like a handful of women who've asked me about just things that I've done and how I've managed because physically, honestly, this pregnancy has been pretty easy for me. It's just mentally it's been really hard. But anyway, I wanted to record that. I'm still going to record it, but I want that to be like a quality episode. You feel me? So uh, I'm going to save that. But this car incident is just like it's just been weighing on me. And today, like it's only been two days but today I finally kind of realized like, okay, I can't let five, I can't let $500 disor- destroy me, bro. Like I can't, I can't let it get to me that much. And I'm so stubborn when it comes to these types of things. Like I, I'm one of those people that it's like, it's not the $500. It's the principle of it. Like for someone to violate you so much and so badly. And the guy even had the nerve to ask, like, are you pregnant? And I said, yes. And for him to still violate me like that, I felt so... I just felt so disgusted with the situation and like ashamed of myself that I would just cave so easily and be like, okay, just take my money and just let me go, you know? But then of course you think about, I'm not saying he would have done anything to me, like you you never know, but it was daylight, it was daytime, not that that's ever stopped anyone, but... I don't know. You you never know what someone someone is capable of and on the one hand I'm like I guess I was smart that I just gave him, you know, at least half of what he wanted so he let me go, but on the other hand, it's like damn, I felt like such a sucker like some guy just comes up to me and presses me for $1000 and I sell him 500 bucks like what who what the who the fuck does that? What is wrong with me? But anyway, 
It is what it is, I guess. And we will move on. We will move on tomorrow. I have... I need to stop fucking with the stock market, honestly. I always delude myself. I come up a little bit and then I think I can, like, make $100,000 in that shit. And I have to... I don't know. I'm... I. I don't know if I'm built for it, but anyway, tomorrow I have a couple plays that are expiring and I hope they make me some money so I can make that fucking $500 back and then some, but I know regardless the reason it affected me so much and if anyone else is going through this, I hope that or has gone through a situation like that where it's just like one last thing happens and it kind of feels like life is just want, is just about to like take you out and you just kind of like you just feel so shit it's just you just feel so shitty man you just like for me I start questioning this is so dumb but like I feel like I've become way more religious and kind of like my faith has increased a lot in the last couple years and when something like that's how I know I'm like a little bitch because when bad shit happens to me I'm like I'm like does God hate me like did God forget about me like what is going on and then I have to be like no that's not that's not what's happening like not everything is about you it's you're fine you're fine um but it's hard to have that rational voice in your head sometimes when you start to spiral into a just mess of bad situations and depression and potentially like I'm like I'm not bipolar but I'm like do I have like borderline personality I don't think I do but and I feel like I've been in enough therapy in my life where like they would have said it by now but anyway I think that's probably also a symptom of self-diagnosing yourself with different mental health issues when you're like objectively fine but you just feel depressed sometimes because bad things happen I think is very much a symptom of spending way too much time on social media, specifically TikTok, because there's like the niches of TikTok mental health and TikTok therapy and personality disorders and whatever are so rampant and so strong. And I feel like me trying to self-diagnose myself with something that I most likely don't have is definitely an expression of just spending way too much fucking time on my phone. But I also... I know I'm like going from like I know I'm going through a personally weird situation because like I'm pregnant in the house alone and there's not probably a lot of people who are in this exact same situation but being so isolated like deeply isolated to the point where I maybe see like one friend a week like going for lunch or whatever and then I run my little errands or I have like a couple appointments like random shit like this week I sold a pair of Chanel boots I don't know, like little things like that. I have to like interact with people. Like you have to interact with people to live, go to going to the doctor's office, whatever. But for the most part, like I talk to my mom on the phone every day, but like for the most part, I'm so isolated now, especially compared to even a year ago where when I was dancing, I literally would talk to like 50 to 100 people every day. And, you know, half of those, like 20 of those I would have in-depth conversations with and all of the people I was talking to were all coming from completely different walks of life, completely different personalities. I mean, the one thing they had in common was like they're at the strip club, but 
I would just be so on and so used to human interaction, both in like a touch form because like everybody's on you and whatever and just like mentally just adapting and readapting to just interacting with so many different types of people not to mention like all the girls that you work with all the staff everybody then like going out every night which I was doing it's like you're just constantly surrounded by people and I was so rarely alone except like the few days that I would just be chilling in my house alone and even then I was like seeing somebody or dating that guy who like completely fucked me over um And so I would go over to his place and to go from that to like zero or like 2% social interaction and have the rest pretty much be supplemented by screen time, I feel the effects and how dangerous that can be now more than ever. Like, and this is hard to explain and it's not like I'm the first person to say this, but there are so many mixed messages that our brains receive from social media. Like it's like this conflicting process of you have people there cause they're in your phone, but no one's really there. And I think most importantly, like our brains haven't had enough evolutionary time to work out that problem. So it's like, you kind of feel this turmoil And I made a note in my phone of this. I said, there's like an inner turmoil of feeling extremely isolated, but also never really being alone with your thoughts of being satisfied by the digital company of others, but completely devoid of any human contact. It's like a dopamine mind fuck. And I think the algorithms of things like Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, all that exploit that dopamine mind fuck to no end. The algorithms exploit that to no end and I think like the the basic processes that keep our sanity together like I am speaking to a person now I am you know I'm in the flesh communicating with somebody there's body language there's so many different things that go into communication the basic processes that keep our sanity together maybe I'm just speaking for me personally because I have been so isolated but it feels like they're falling apart. Like every day there's millions of voices screaming at you, but you're completely alone. And inevitably, eventually, your sanity is going to be a little bit tweaked. It's going to go a little bit off the rails from, at least from an evolutionary standpoint, where we started. And I just feel that, I feel that now more than ever, to be honest. I don't know if there's a cure. I mean, obviously less screen time, but then I'm like, what else is there to fucking do, bro? Like go out and buy stuff. Like this is sad. Honestly, this is a really sad thought, but I'm like, literally what else is there to do in life? Like you can go shopping, you can go eat. Like it's just, we live in this like consumerist culture where it's like, I can put things in my mouth. I can, I can buy things, you know, I can like, meeting up with friends not that I really even have any anymore but it's like all I would do before when I would meet up with friends is like we would have drinks or like catch up over drinks or whatever and that dynamic just changes so much when you're pregnant especially because I haven't wanted to like really unload onto people I feel really bad like complaining about this pregnancy because of how many people told me that I should get an abortion which is really sad to me and honestly I think it's something I'm still working through. It 
only recently I realized like somebody left a comment on a video that I posted and they were like, don't worry, you got this. Like you made the right choice. Like the right choice is in like not getting an abortion. The video wasn't even about abortion, but it was anyway. She was just like, you made the right choice by like having the baby. Like you made the right choice. Don't worry. And this is like a stranger on the internet. And like, that's literally the first time, (laughs) literally the first time that anyone has said that to me in this pregnancy and maybe that's because they think it doesn't need to be said of course it's assumed but at the same time it kind of just hit me and I was like damn that like I'm crying over a stranger's comment because it's something that I would have gone so far to hear from people that I know in real life but I like never heard not not in a oh give me sympathy type of way but just putting things into perspective. So anyway, I say all that to say like your friendship dynamics change. Mine has changed a lot. Not that I had a lot of friends to begin with. I feel like I've always only had a few close friends. I've gone through so many different like groups of friends in my life. And when I look back on it, it's just fucking weird that I'm always kind of a loner. I know that other people will can relate to that there's a lot of people that call themselves like that feel like they're loners even if you have a lot of friends I know that it's a pretty common thing to just feel like you never quite fully fit anywhere but it's just it's something that's been magnified a lot for me recently but anyway so it's like what the fuck am I supposed to do like yeah I can go out for lunch with a couple friends I can do a little bit of shopping I can run run my little errands clean my house work out do some work, get some writing done, all that. Cool. But like, other than that, like, there isn't, I don't know, there, there isn't, there's not that much to do except be on your phone. Like, where, there's not that much to do. But what am I supposed to do? Scream into the void? No, I would just, I would rather like scroll. I don't know if any of this has a point, but I just, I know for myself personally, I've been spending way too much time looking at my fucking phone and I definitely think it's eating away at my brain in a way that I should I need I need to address and I'm just hoping that when I have my baby and I'm forced to take care of another human uh I have less time to look at my phone and it some kind of self-corrects course corrects itself but also you realize and this is something else that I think you know, we're all guilty of to some extent. It's definitely not healthy either. <laughs> um, but I've I've talked about how much how big of a fan I am of Tim Dillon before. The Tim Dillon show, the his podcast. I'm such a fan. Let me drink some water one second. I mean, I know I'm not exactly the target audience for Tim Dillon. Like, he always talks about there's probably, like, three women that listen to this his show. Um, so, yeah, like, a female stripper from Atlanta is probably not the exact target. I mean, I'm more than those things, but whatever, if you want to put me in a box. Uh, I'm not the target audience, but I fucking love him, and I've loved him. He got me through the pandemic. When I discovered him, I just felt like finally a sane person who, like, we can talk about current events in a way that doesn't make me want to like just stab my brain out where things are funny but also makes so much more sense than like anything the news or any preachy like libtard comedian on twitter could possibly say i was like finally somebody who i can like i fuck with him so heavy and 
we often do this like as fans of anything and I think it's something to be really careful of and conscious of you see it all the time like celebrities get built up to this like godlike status and then people tear them down like because they did something because they said something whatever it's really common like celebrities are all all to say it like oh they just you know build you up to tear you down whatever and Tim Dillon isn't a huge celebrity, but he is somebody that literally has kept me sane for the better portion of the last two years, especially being locked in the house, not locked in the house lately, but you know what I mean? I've been like isolated, like I said. So I I'm, I listened to every episode of his Patreon. He's been a huge influence to me on this podcast. If you listen to the YouTube episodes that I put out, which like I wish I could do more, but let me get my computer back and we will see about it. Um, but anyway, like those episodes, I feel like I was like pretty much even impersonating Tim Dillon. Like I fucking am. I was so inspired by him. I pretty much like started this podcast after listening to so much of his podcast and being like, okay, if somebody can do it like this, like I want to do it like this, I think I can do it. Obviously knowing I wanted to have my own voice and like, I'm not Tim Dillon and I'm not trying to be him, but just like, if this can be like this and it doesn't have to follow this formula of you know, this is what a podcast sounds like. This is what media is. It's just, he's like pretty much yelling into the void for an hour. Then I can yell into the void for an hour too. And recently, if y'all haven't been following, his producer allegedly quit, but later it came out to say that he was fired and there's been no confirmation of that. But Tim Dillon is somebody who I don't know personally at all, but I can imagine he's fucking brilliant he's hilarious he seems super cruel and mean also and that's part of what makes him so funny but I can imagine being around him in person maybe he's completely different I imagine he's probably not completely different though in that cruel mean streak is probably a part of who he is and that's what makes him so excellent but being around that in person all the time and working for that is probably really exhausting. And I only know that because I've been around people like that and I've worked for people like that. And like, I don't want any smoke. I'm not going to talk about name anyone or whatever, but sometimes brilliant people are not the best people to, to deal with person to person. They're not nice. Like brilliance does not equal niceness. I think you know, fucking Kanye is another great example of that. He, The man is brilliant, regardless of... I probably am not even supposed to say that anymore after his, like, anti-Semitic comments that he made this week, and then he doubled down on them, apparently, and they asked him... The paparazzi asked him, what do you think of that? He said, I'm glad I said it. So <laughs> I guess he's just another big middle finger to the fucking world, but regardless, like, I love Kanye. I always will, I think. I pretty sure I always will. I love him and he's brilliant, but the man is not nice. He, you know, it appears he has very little consideration for other people's emotions, whether that's like his, Kanye's doing Kanye. That's all. So anyway, brilliant people, not always the nicest and that's fine. That comes with the brilliance. You can't expect people to be a you can't expect people to be fully well-rounded we're all gonna suck at some shit you know and it's almost like the better you are at one thing maybe god had to level it out somehow and you have to be shittier at some something else so anyway the rumors are that apparently he fired ben because of something in a fit of rage i don't know 
but that's not really made better by the fact that he went on the Patreon and lied and said that, well, I guess allegedly lied and said that, you know, Ben quit and he wishes him the best and he loves him and everything's good trying to smooth things over. And then this kind of shit storm happened where, first of all, the episode, that episode was, it was funny, but I was kind of like confused. A lot of the episodes before then were starting to, there were, were a couple moments of brilliance, but they had been starting to go down. I'm like describing my own podcast now that's been fucking sucking since like last year. But no, a lot of the episodes have been kind of starting to like feel a little bit, some of them had started to feel a little bit stale, like some of the guests and stuff that he had had on. And I was like, maybe it's just a lull. Like all creators, all creative people go through that sometimes. So it's all good. But anyway, after this whole like debacle, pretty much, a lot of his fans, myself included, kind of started to be like, what's going on? Like, why do these, ep- why are these episodes starting to suck? Like, why, are- why is he not even telling the truth about the producer? And I guess that's what happens when you be, when you become like overly invested in like content, which is another symptom of spending too much time on the internet and on your phone and computer and all of that. I don't know Tim Dillon. I don't know Ben Avery, his producer. I don't know anything about the inner workings of the show whatsoever. I have no skin in the game. So why am I so invested and why am I so upset that this thing that I loved has changed and feels, to be honest, like it's kind of over, at least in the iteration that I loved it in? And then on the last episode, I tune in because I'm like, please let me get something good. I need some inspiration. I need to laugh a little bit. And yes, I should not be so emotionally invested into a podcast that I frankly have nothing to do with, but we all have our things that we love. And even though maybe it's not healthy to become too invested in certain digital entities, you're allowed to love things that you meet on the internet. You're allowed to love podcasts and different people, I don't know, celebrities, whatever. You choose what you want to love. Choose the content that you like. Who cares? So I'm like, let me get something good, please. Like, I need something good right now. And I'm not picky. I I have a very high tolerance for insufferable people, I think. I mean, I am one, I believe, so I have to be tolerant of others. But I go to listen to this this episode, this Patreon episode, and I hear this voice, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? It sounds familiar. Why is the episode called Eastern Europe? That's weird. And then I'm like, oh my god, it's fucking Andrew Tate. Tim Dillon had Andrew Tate on his podcast, and it's like, do whatever you want. It's your show. I personally, and I've said this before, I don't understand why creators continue to share a platform with Andrew Tate. I don't get it. Regardless of what you think of his ideas and what you think of the human trafficking, sex trafficking allegations, the rape, whatever, all that, even put that shit aside, like, let's overlook it. Who cares, right? Uh, not the, not who cares. It does bother me, to be honest. But if if you want to put that aside, cool. Like, a lot of people do. Cool. The ideas that Andrew Tate presents as provocative are actually very boring and very old. Like, they were maybe a little bit of a talking point four, five, six years ago. The concept of this like strong hypermasculine man without even very much nuance to back it up, like Jordan Peterson is a completely different example of someone who presents a similar message in a completely different light, I believe, and actually has interesting things to say that are, I don't know, fucking 
provocative and insightful. And I know that might sound corny, but the guy, Jordan Peterson, at least he talks about things like good and evil and the human condition and things beyond like what color is your Bugatti and like women belong, I don't know, beat and in the kitchen or whatever Andrew Tate says. But it's beyond that. It's like the man's voice, Andrew Tate's voice, the accent. I don't know if he's trying to be fake American or fake British. I frankly can't tell because both it's like his voice, his accent is half American, half British, but both accents sound wrong. Like neither one sounds like what it's supposed to be. And I'm very familiar with different types of American accents. I've lived in different parts of North America. I'm very familiar. I would even, if he was doing a Northern Canadian accent, I could hear that shit. And I'm familiar with British accents too. I have a British passport. My dad was born in England. Like I'm familiar with, I've been to London. I've been around London. I've stayed in like Essex and the neighboring suburbs. And I've heard the different nuances. Like I know accents. Andrew Tate's accents are phony. Neither one is right. And I'm like, where did this man come from? Why does he have two fake accents slapped together? And why is he like, people like him? Fine. You know what? I'm not even going to, I don't even care. Go have him. You, you guys got it. But to have him on Tim's show, I was like, it really felt like the end of an era. Like, it really felt like the show as I know it, the show as I loved it, the show as it has sustained me for the last couple years is kind of over. And maybe it's over dramatic to, you know, declare that it's over and whatever. I mean, it's just a podcast. It's fine. We're going to survive. But there is something sad about something that you love, something that like really kind of you looked forward to every week, knowing that it might not be the same anymore. It's a different, it's a different iteration. We're in, we're in chapter two. But I've always been really guilty of that. And by that, I mean romanticizing things as they used to be, things from the past. Lately, especially, I've found myself really romanticizing my old life And not old life as in last year, the stripping stuff. Like, honestly, that was, it feels like that was a hiccup. (laughs) That was just a phase. I really want that to be just a phase. The more I think about next year and after I have the baby and stuff and what I'm going to do for work, the less I want to go back to that. I really feel that that was, I pray that that was just a chapter and it allowed me to elevate a little bit. It did, it, it served its purpose and that's, and it's done now because... I just spiritually, mentally, and physically being in that environment every day, that club environment, for me personally, I don't do well. I don't do well. And I think think I'm fine because I like money and I like buying nice shit. So I think I'm like thriving. But deep down, I am destroying myself. Like, that's pretty much what I did all last year. I literally like took a little chisel at my soul and destroyed myself in thousand dollar increments, if I'm being completely honest. And I hope that doesn't sound too dramatic, but it really does take a lot out of you. I think all club environments are very dark in a lot of ways. Of course, it can be fun to go out with your friends sometimes, but if you are in that all the time and that's your source of everything of human interaction of money that's your sort that's your way of sustaining yourself I personally am not built for it I know that so anyway I'm not even romanticizing that life I'm romanticizing the life before that I'm romanticizing the food writer in Toronto life I'm romanticizing like living in a shitty apartment 
on Bloor Street West in Toronto that I paid $700 for with a roommate for four years and, you know, making, what did I, I made like $1,000. What did I make? I made like 600, I used to make $600 a week as a food writer um, about that. Sometimes I would make more when I would freelance for other places, but on average I made about 600 a week before taxes. Not a lot of money, definitely not a lot of money, but my life was paid for in a lot of ways aside from my bills because all of my travel and expenses and food and stuff was free like as long as it was for work. So I've had a I lived a very luxurious life for what I was making. Like I was staying in hotels that cost $5,000 a night in Switzerland literally. Um the Ritz-Carlton was yeah, it was the Ritz-Carlton in St. Moritz in Switzerland that literally cost $5,000 a night that I stayed at. But anyway, so I was living way above my means and there was always this gap of feeling like, I wish I could afford this myself. I wish I could live this life for myself and not for work. And there was this like silent resentment that I felt build up within me over the years of doing that. And I was young and it wasn't even that many years. It was like four years, but it still was there. And I always felt like, when will I get to that next level of being able to afford this myself? Because on this current career trajectory of writing, my salary was going down. Like, I don't know how that's not how it's supposed to happen. But it was like inverse of what is supposed to happen, where the older I got and as media changed and the landscape changed and the more people I pitched, like Vogue, for example, that I used to write for when I first started, I believe I I got paid... $300 $300 between two to $300 per article, which is not a lot at all, right? Not a lot. This is for online for print. You make more, but for online, it was two to 300 an article. As the years went on and editors left by the end, when I pitched, it was like between a hundred and one fifty, and then less like, I hope I don't get sued for that. But literally I think the last article I pitched, it was one fifty. So And I had more experience and, or less than that, honestly. And I had more experience and I had already written for them for years and like this, it was going down. So I felt this like screaming inside of me, like, what have I done? What, what career have I chosen? And will I ever be able to actually make a life for myself outside of the false reality of living in a world of luxury that you are are ultimately not a part of because you can't actually afford it. Maybe you afford it in your social currency, in your media currency, in your publicity current, whatever you want to call it. Like there's different currencies of life. It's not just money. There's social currencies, like I said, and connections and stuff like that. Connections with the different people can give you a lot that money can't much more than, than money can often. But still there was like this quiet resentment that was building up inside of me uh, always, always. And I guess one of the reasons, not that I consciously made the choice to leave, I was fired with COVID and everything. And then also for my music writing jobs, because of like people canceled me on Twitter. Um, so it was never a conscious decision, but when I decided that, okay, I not even going to try right now to re-entertain this career path because I just, I need to survive. And like, pitching articles for a hundred to two hundred dollars a pop is not going to sustain me (laughs) like my rent in new york city was two thousand dollars a month pitching an article itself takes like the 
trust me, to just cover rent with writing is literally, with freelance writing, is very difficult. And anyone who has been in that career path knows that. But that's not to make an excuse. I still love writing and I miss it. And I will get back to it and I will start freelancing again. I already have the game plan in motion. Eventually, we'll see. But I will again, you know. But I keep going back, like, I'm romanticizing five years ago when I was, like, the reality of five years ago was completely fucked, and I know that. But when the rose-colored glasses of time come on, it's so easy to romanticize the person that you were before and, like, different chapters of your life before whatever you're in now. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I also don't think it's the... It's not healthy to live in the past. It's not healthy to live in the past. And it's this, like, delicate balance between wanting to not deny the past and, like, accept that all of those different chapters of what happened are, you know, part of who the fuck you are, but also not not lean too heavily into it because I think that can be really toxic. Like, it's, it's not... Not toxic. That word is so overused lately, but it's just... It's not a great place to live in mentally. You have to look forward. You have to, you know think about what's coming next. I mean, if I was to be living in the past, even of a few days ago, and just ruminating on the man who stole $500 from me, which I have been like, that's, it's not a healthy place to live in. So I guess this is more no for me personally, but I need to stop romanticizing like the life that you left behind. It's like, I keep having to almost pull myself back to earth lately And I don't know why this quote keeps repeating in my head. I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's because I've been back on Twitter recently because I'm just bored again in the house. I know I could be, I should be reading, honestly, but my attention span is, I need to read. I need to, yeah, I need to read. But anyway, I've been on Twitter instead of reading David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest, which is a book that I've really, really, really always wanted to finish and I've never been able to. I've never even been able to get through half. But anyway, this quote keeps going back in my head. And you know when it was really popular when people would say, like, sir, this is a Wendy's? I kind of keep repeating that quote to myself when I find myself just really spiraling deep into, like, a wormhole of thoughts that maybe are... (sighs) meaningful or interesting in some abstract capacity but on a day-to-day level on a how do we survive level how do we pay our bills how do we clean our houses how do we take care of our kids how do we feed ourselves on a basic level they don't matter like a lot it doesn't matter this is a wendy's like what are you gonna do to no what are you gonna do to survive what are you gonna do to make it fucking work so Yeah, I just keep thinking about that. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. We don't need to hear, we don't need to hear it right now.